Chris J, and you're listening to the All Y'all Podcast. And I'm Sarah Abair. Chris and I produced the All Y'all Podcast independently in Shreveport, Louisiana. We just wrapped up a five-episode series about the Louisiana Hayride, a country music showcase that was broadcast from Shreveport from 1948 until 1960. The Hayride helped launch or redefine the careers of Hank Williams, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, and other icons of American music. But we're back with a really special bonus episode for this series. While we've been talking with folks who have unique perspectives on Shreveport's music history and the Louisiana Hayride, this one's a little different. So if you've missed the past five episodes created in partnership with Louisiana Public Broadcasting, go back and give those a listen at www.allyallblog.com. They're pretty great. If you've been vibing on our theme music, then you're already familiar with the hauntingly beautiful work of A.J. Haynes. Together with her band, The Serotones, A.J. fuses together soul, rock, gospel, surf, and pretty much every kind of genre to create music with Shreveport's unique imprint. Their music has been lauded by Rolling Stone, Pitchfork, and NPR. Just a few weeks ago, as A.J. started composing our theme music, Sarah and A.J. spoke over Zoom to talk about the legacy of the Louisiana Hayride and what it would be like if it were still around today. Just a heads up, there's some potty mouth language, that's the official term, potty mouth language, in this episode. Don't tell Sarah's mom. Let's say it's Saturday night and coronavirus is not a a thing anymore so we can go out and party and there's a revival. Yeah, (laughs) there's a revival of the Louisiana Hayride. Who is your dream Louisiana Hayride bill? So I would say Adia Victoria who I love. She is a phenomenal artist based out of Nashville. And I've been following her for years and I'm like such a nerd about her. And I'm just excited to see her continue to grow. Adia Victoria, I think Margot Price would be great. I think like in real life, I think that's something that like really could happen Um, because I think that she brings such a fresh take to this really vacuous like idea of what Americana is um, <laughs> and is like feminine feminist as fuck and loud and I love it um JD McPherson who's just one of my favorite he was actually texting me the other day it's so surreal yeah he was like how's your garden doing and I was like bruh these uh leaf-footed bugs we're in such a war right now um JD McPherson who else Willie Nelson would be cool. And one more, one more, one more. Well, no, I think the Suffers and Black Pumas, because they're also part of like the kind of, they're also really good friends of mine. And I love to see my friends perform. So that would be my ideal. And my friend Devin Gifillian. Devin Gifillian's based out of Nashville as well. Really, I just want to see all my friends play and the people that I nerd out on. So Adia Victoria, <laughs> Margot Price, JD McPherson, Sturgill Simpson. Willie Nelson, Devin Gaffillian, the Sufferers and Black Pumas. That would be a hell of a, that would be like a whole festival. Sign me yeah. up. And I would, <laughs> I would put you on that bill. You would yeah, I want to be on that bill. Yeah. On I would want to do something like interactive, like to kind of put that space on its ear because it's such a conventional space in a lot of ways. Um, so I'd want to do some, something to like, twist it and just like being from here too it's like 
I'd want to make it really interactive where, I don't know, it wouldn't be like in the hayride. It would be like outside on the street kind of thing. Have you performed at the municipal before? You know, what's funny is I have not. I've always wanted to. I would love that. It's such a pity. And it's just, it just speaks to like the kind of weird gaps that exist in Shreveport, right? Like we can have a club we can play like a 200 300 cap club but there's no like 500 600 thousand there's just like 200 squeezing into bears or like you know strange brew and then there's the municipal which is like what two three thousand capacity or something there's no in between i mean like alabama shakes couldn't even completely sell it out because it's so massive I'm, yeah. I'm glad we're talking a little bit about Shreveport weirdness because one thing that, you know, has happened is that there are these statues outside of the municipal that have been erected. One is of Elvis Presley mm-hmm. and the other is of James Burton, both um, hayride icons and Shreveport music icons. If you could erect a third one, because, you know, I like, I like, you know, sets of three. Yeah. Who would be your third beautiful glitzy bronze statue out in front of the municipal? Hmm. Honestly, I would love a resident statue only next to Lead Belly because like I think Lead Belly's statue that is downtown needs to be bigger and more stately. And I like that yeah. he's kind of on his own, like with the people, like on Texas Street, pointing to like get the hell out of here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um but no, I think like the residents because of like the kind of iconography is very like it, the residents are anyone, you know, the residents yeah. could be me, could, could be you. And I just love that idea. Um, and I think so it, you're it, thinking it's like, it's like them and the big eyeball, like get ups, right? Yeah. It would be cool to have like the res, like one of them or like the, the eyeball get up. I think that would be really cool. That'd be a cool vibe for that part of town. I like it. I'd <laughs> be like, what is this? <laughs> I wonder if they've ever played the municipal. Maybe we'll get to ask them one day. I know. Who are the residents? <laughs> Do you ever go down Texas Avenue? Do you find yourself in that part of town often? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you feel the presence of history when you're there? What's it What's it feel like for you as a musician? Well, as a as a musician and especially as like, a like brown woman as a black woman like what my intersectional reality you know <laughs> um I have a really strong tie with the Calanthian temple I love that the Calanthian stood like in the middle of essentially like overlooking the red light district you know and was a hub for for black culture in Shreveport before before integration and during like the height of like Jim Crow era laws, it's it's such a pity that that's not really the part of our history that we see being drawn the most attention to. And so the vibe I get is that there's a lot that's there in a haunting way that I think we're scared to revisit because it is difficult grappling with your history, right? But if we don't, then there, there's just so much of ourselves and our own identity that's undiscovered. And for me and, and this movement, and like Black Lives Matter, and also in reproductive justice, like centering Black femme voices is really, really important, not only in the present, but in the past. And so 
I mean, I, I, I just would love to know more about like who would have played at the Hayride had it not been segregated, <laughs> you know, like there's no way there wasn't a black woman creative, you know, in the peak of all this going on, you're, there's, there, there's, there, there's gotta have been somebody, you know? What do you think it says about our regional culture that we will, we have these big celebrations of something like the Louisiana Hayride, but to me, really the Calanthian, which was this like paramount of African-American culture and mm -hmm. artistry and Shreveport, I feel like has only been really truly celebrated in the past few years. Yeah. I have a hard time reconciling that especially because they're in the same neighborhood. I mean, mm -hmm. how do you, you've kind of led me into this question. I mean, how does that make you feel as an, as an artist and as a black woman? It feels like an erasure and any erasure is inherently violent, right? And so it feels as if it erasing or making an attempt to erase our identity. It makes me think of, I was watching this James Baldwin interview the other day. It makes me realize how people are scared of their own histories. Um, James Baldwin said something along the lines of like, you're scared to look at yourselves, you know, <laughs> it is not us, it's not, it's not black people, you, and looking at our histories, people in the deep south, people in America, whiteness has to be then recognized as peripheral, and centering black femme voices, what is deemed white is peripheral, and not the center. In doing that, in being in the peripheries, you are left to have to figure out who you are and you don't know, like we don't know, like, right? And I think that's what makes me realize like, oh, cool, the South doesn't know its history. America does not know its history. And that fear and avoidance comes from not wanting to be peripheral. Like white culture is such an unstable concept and like makes no sense and needs to be understood in proximity to everything else and not the other way around, <laughs> you know? Even though we've kind of been in this deep world of Louisiana Hayride for a while, I never really thought about the context of the Slanting being right down the street from the Hayride. There's something there that I feel like our area could celebrate and reconcile. And it makes me think about how like every decade or a couple of years or so, there's someone that does like, they make an attempt to bring the Louisiana Hayride back in some context. I think one of these days, someone's going to find a way to really make it a thing again. And yeah. I think your perspective is really valuable in it. What, what kind of guidance would you offer that group that wanted to bring the Louisiana Hayride back? How could they get it right this time? I would say just look down the street, right? Like look where you are and look when what's around you in a very real and immediate way. So like what is near the hayride as of right now is a lot of poverty, right? A lot of displaced people, a lot of people displaced because of managing homelessness. Like what causes that and how are you part of the solution or aligning yourselves with at least amplifying those voices, right? So I think like integrating some component of every day we feed people or like one day a week we do something that invests in the community. And I look at also on Texas Avenue, like there's David Nelson, there's Minnesini, you know, like Minnesini never like, I'm gonna tell the community what it needs. We're gonna make this thing. We're gonna build this big ass statue that nobody asked for. He's always listening and always holding space for people to come and share ideas for other people to come like sprinkle ideas. I would say, look down the street, like what does Minnesini do? And Minnesini not only 
amplifies regional voices, but also connect those voices with people from around the world. The more we can do that, the better. And I think that, you know, the Hayride can do that and looking regionally and like, who are the people that are defying and questioning what American and Americana sounds like, right? And for me, I think it's people like Margot Price and Adia Victoria and like Devin Gafillion and The Suffers and Black Pumas. And like, I don't think you need to recreate shit. I think you need to look at what is needed. What does a community need? And then go from there and then you'll find more sustainability, I think. It's interesting to hear you talk about it without having like told you like where we've landed after doing all these interviews. What Chris and I have learned from talking to people about the hayride is that there was real, like, even the punk rock wasn't a thing then. There was this kind of like punk rock attitude yeah. and aesthetic about the Louisiana hayride that was just like, we don't know what we're doing, but we're just going to try it. And I feel <laughs> yeah. like sometimes that spirit gets lost in the way that we reinterpret the hayride today in the sense that like it was really pushing the envelope, not just in terms of art form, but performance and mm -hmm. media consumption. So I think it's really cool that you, the way that you look at it is like, what can the hayride do to serve the community that's around it versus mm -hmm. us staring at the past, looking at the hayride as like maybe like a country music bastion or mm -hmm. like the beginning of rockabilly and saying, how can it serve the same role that it served then now? I feel like we really like focused so much on like the ways we'd like to see the, the perspective on the Louisiana Hayride change, but I still love the artists that were on the Hayride, even, even after yeah. the deep dive. Who, who are some people that resonate with you musically or inspire you? Do you listen to country music now? I was actually listening to Marty Robbins to get some inspiration for, um, for writing music for this. I love, I mean, I love Billy Nelson. Who doesn't love Billy Nelson? What, who did the do whack a do? Who is the rooster? Roger Miller. Roger Miller, not Roger Williams. Roger Miller. <laughs> he said, Monka used to love me, but she died. That's a real song. Chicken ain't chicken, looking good. Keep, I love Roger Miller, not Roger Williams. I do love Roger Williams too. And of course, Hank Williams. I love Hank Williams. That's the Hayride dude. Patsy Cline, Lucinda Williams. So it sounds like we've sent you into like a country music deep dive recently. Like, yeah, there's a lot of good country music. Um, well, I mean, I think you know, Belly's country music, honestly. When you listen he's to like from the country, but also really innovative. And I think that's what I find really inviting and interesting about like lead belly thinking about you know Shreveport music but also like Elvis was pretty innovative even though like there's a lot of talk of you know stealing from black culture yeah absolutely 100 percent that totally happens but it, I don't think it, it 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 negates like the cool stuff in in terms of like what he sounded like questionable life decisions I don't I mean whatever yeah it was real weird dude super creeptastic would not i would never want to meet elvis me and elvis in a room together would not get along but i can still appreciate his music you know yeah i'm so grateful and excited that you're making our music for this series and I'm so excited. like just so people listening no like we're talking before you've really <laughs> like like done the thing and like we've really processed it 
but part of the reason we wanted to ask you is that we really feel like you represent like the soul of this region and sort of like the natural progression of music from Shreveport. Ooh, thank you. It's just That's so, huge. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, you've earned it. I'm dying to hear how you interpret the Louisiana Hayride and your voice and in the way that you do things. What's been your journey so far thinking about it? Um, it's really spooky, you know, and so I'm definitely leaning on like the kind of haunted sound that I hear in like, when I'm calling you, you know, Slim Whitman, what I'm riffing on is like Slim Whitman and like underdog kind of haunted, definitely minor, like it's not happy upbeat, like we got spooky skeletons and repression in our blood um <laughs> anything else you want to be asked what do you what, what can you share with our listeners about uh what's going on in your life and music i mean the world's real weird and like we have no idea what's next but i'm still creating i just worked on a really awesome collaborative piece called a home and familiar and got new bandmates not all new uh, travis and jesse are um, still serotones, and then we have two new members who are really cool. Um, I have no idea what to expect next. You know, it's like, who the hell? Hell, I don't. No one knows. If they think they know, they have no idea, and that's okay. You know, there's also the fight for reproductive justice that is, you know, it's really scary. Um, there is November is going to be massive, you know, and so I'm just trying to figure out in which what's my highest and best use in the middle of all of this. And I think we're all, if we're not asking ourselves that we should be, um, because it lends perspective to, you know, where we fit in the middle of what looks like, I don't know, global crisis and potential revolution. So, I mean, you just ask at any point in time, like you would any other day, what's my highest and best use? And so for me, it's definitely, you know, trying to stay creative and, and being, you know, le leading with kindness is always good. No one loses when you lead with kindness, unless you got to bust some heads, but we're not going to do that yet. That was a conversation with the incredible AJ Haynes of Serotones. Thank you to AJ for our Slim Whitman inspired theme music and to Alexander Holman for his mixing of those lovely tunes. AJ Haynes' participation is courtesy of New West Records. You can listen to her work with Serotones on their recently released album, Power, or you can check out their first incredible album, Get Gone, wherever you listen to music. If you're not already subscribed to the All Y'all Podcast, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button in your podcast app or follow us on Spotify. We're also on Twitter at All Y'all Podcast, and you can like our page on Facebook. We're the little orange circle that pops up whenever you search for All Y'all. We're working on more episodes featuring stories from our live events and another series that takes a close look at a very different moment in Shreveport history. I promise you won't want to miss it. If you've loved what you've heard in our Louisiana Hayride miniseries, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode or previous episodes with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and thanks to Louisiana Public Broadcasting for making this series of episodes possible. And to our All Y'all sponsors, Maryland's Place, Maxcentric, and Rhino Coffee, we couldn't have done this without y'all. Thank you. Thanks, y'all. Thanks. <laughs>